Welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. Hi, this is Larson Hicks with Trinity Reformed Church. Before our regularly broadcasted program, I want to tell you about a conference we're putting on here in Huntsville this January. The conference is called Stronghold, and our theme for this first year is Biblical Masculinity. We're thrilled to have a great lineup of speakers. Pastor Vody Bauckham, Pastor Michael Foster from the It's Good to Be a Man podcast, Pastor George Grant, Dr. Ben Merkel, President of New St. Andrews College, and Pastor Rich Lusk. Tickets are on sale now at strongholdconference.com. Supplies are limited, so be sure to get one quick before we're all sold out. Thanks. Hope to see you there. Sermon by Matt Carpenter on January 3rd, Lord's Day service. Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Let us pray. Father, you have given us great and awesome things. You have given us your word. You've allowed us to see just a glimpse of who you are in faith. We look for the time in which we will see you face to face. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 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 The beginning of the calendar year is a special time. There's always a lot of excitement and anticipation about the changes that we have planned, that we will make, and that will last at least a week. <laughs> the previous year is out. How many times have you heard someone say they were looking forward to last year being over? More than I can ever remember. And the new year is here. We love fresh beginnings, so when we come to a verse like Ephesians 5.16, which talks about redeeming the time, we think of fresh beginnings. And because we are good Americans, we also think of things like time management and efficiency. Because that's certainly what Paul was talking about in the book of Ephesians, right? He was a time management expert. No, not at all. Paul's point is not that we utilize every second like an industrial expert. The passage gives us hope beyond exhorting us to use our time more efficiently. This passage gives us hope in our fight against evil. Like the Ephesians, we also face evil in our day. You don't have to look very hard to see the evil around us. And so, as the Ephesian believers, we need this exhortation, this admonition about what it means to walk in wisdom. 
the passage uh, is in the middle of a larger message that Paul is giving. In the book of Ephesians, the apostle is emphasizing how Yahweh is restoring and reordering everything in the world under Jesus Christ. The first half of the book teaches us how the broken cosmos, that which was shattered in the sin of Adam, how that is being made right through Christ. So Jesus came and He lived a perfect life. He died. He was resurrected. So He has brought life into the world. He began the process which will be finally culminated when all His enemies are put under His feet. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 25. But the latter half of the book of Ephesians tells us the role that we have in this work. It's not just that we sit back and say, God's going to do His work and I'm going to watch. No, we're called to live out the callings that He's given us. We are His instruments of warfare. We are His instruments of restoration. And this particular portion of Scripture picks up in the middle of this second half of the book. So if you think of it like, you know, if the book of Ephesians is like a football game, this is the beginning of the fourth quarter. Chapter 5, verse 15. So Paul begins by calling the people to walk in wisdom. He summarizes everything that he said thus far by saying, watch carefully. Or see that you walk, make sure that you walk circumspectly, which is a really beautiful word. The the word circumspect means to look at something from every vantage point. The same root from which we get the word circle. So look at it from every possible angle. We are to walk in a way, if you you look at life, if you look at situations from more than one angle, that's, that's a mark of wisdom. The person who can only see a situation from his or her one vantage point and doesn't try to look at the situation from any other vantage point is a fool. So Paul says, watch carefully that you walk not as a foolish man, but as a wise man. So this reference to wisdom is going back to the Old Testament, particularly the book of Proverbs. Christians are called to pursue God's wisdom found in His Word and revealed in His world. Reminding them to watch carefully how they walk is not telling them, it's not warning them to tread carefully on the tightrope of God's law because if you make one misstep, you're going to fall off and it's over for you. No, It's a call to use God's wisdom in our day-to-day lives. And part of wisdom, as he he continues his sentence, verse 16 is not a new sentence, it's just continuing the sentence that began in verse 15, redeeming the time. So don't walk as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Again, verse 16 is not a verse about utilizing every second. 
And, and that is important. I'm not saying that, that we can waste, that it doesn't matter, how, and that we can waste our time if we choose. But Paul's emphasis here, that the word, the Greek word that he uses for time, refers to occasions or opportunities. It's not a reference to chronological minutes. We live in an evil world, and we're tempted by all kinds of, of things to waste the gifts that God has given us. He presents us every day with opportunities to show grace, opportunities to show His wisdom. He gives us the chance to demonstrate His love, His justice, His righteousness. And we make a choice whether or not we do that. So when we have an opportunity before us, and usually we call these opportunities problems or situations or difficulties, when we have that, again, we have to look at it not from our human, our fleshly perspective. Look at it circumspectly. Look at it from the angle of an opportunity to use God's gifts in this situation. Though we're surrounded by evil, Paul reminds them of a plan. He says, redeeming the time. Why? Because you live in evil days. We, we live in an evil world, but the world has evil. It always has had evil since the fall. So Paul says that God has a plan. He says in verse 17, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now thankfully, Jason has, has taught in the past about, about the importance of not focusing on God's will as something that is a narrow, small bullseye that if you aim well enough and you shoot steady enough that maybe you'll hit it. But rather, God's will is what He has revealed to us in his word. And particularly, Paul's referring to this great plan that he's already talked about in the first half of Ephesians. What is the plan of God? It's to put things right in the world through Jesus Christ, through the salvation that He has brought. Remember that it is God's will to restore the world in Christ. Last year was difficult. In many ways, we faced things that in our lifetime we've never faced before. But we should not look at what happened as wasted. 2020 was not a waste unless you chose to waste it. So did you waste your time by complaining? Did you waste your time by digging in your heels and saying, I can't do anything, it's useless, there's no point, I'm just going to just sit here and wish that life were better. That is a waste. So we should walk circumspectly. We should adopt a different outlook. One that approaches challenges as opportunities. Now I know, it's easy for me to talk about this standing up here while everybody out there is quiet. You say, you should come to my house and you should see what it's like when I talk and everybody's not quiet. <laughs> 
People are crying and they're upset because they're sick or they got their finger mashed or name it. And, and it's happening. It's going on. And walking circumspectly in those situations is not easy. How do we do this? Redeem the time. Ask God, how can I use the gifts that you've given me and give grace to others in the middle of what I'm facing right now? Because He never leaves you to where you have to say, where you just, He doesn't say, I'm sorry, just go figure it out. I don't know. He's given us His will. He's taught us in His Word. That's what wisdom is. It's applying what He has taught us in His Word to whatever situation we face. Because Jesus died and rose again, you are empowered with God's Spirit to redeem these times of evil. Now I will say this, sometimes redeeming the time in God's economy is not how man considers a wise use of time because we have an industry-based and an efficiency-based mindset. Sometimes redeeming the time means not taking a job promotion because you know that if you take this job promotion, you're going to lose time with your family. It may mean limiting your kids' opportunities. Many, many kids in here are homeschooled. And homeschooled parents deal often with a fear that my kid is not going to get enough socialization like all the excellent socialization public school kids get. <laughs> so we've got to make sure that our kids have at least four activities per week per kid. Minimum. That's how we... And so, and, and this is just one example. I'm not telling you how many things that your kids should be a part of. You know that. But in our fear of not uh, uh, possibly depriving our kids, we can sometimes end up overdoing it and pushing beyond. Redeeming the time can mean saying no to things. It can mean making extra food in order to have another family over. It may sound like singing at times when you don't feel like singing. I actually had not planned uh, the sermon based on what I, you know, anything that I already knew about the Sunday school topic. Well, I didn't know the Sunday school topic, but it wasn't purposeful. And, and the exhortation this morning. But the Lord has brought these things together. We redeem the time by choosing to walk wisely as children of life in the midst of the evil that surrounds us. But then he also says this, in addition to the call to walk in wisdom, to redeem the time, he says, be filled with the Spirit. Verse 18, and be not drunk with wine, he says, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, now why, why does he do that? Have you ever asked, why does he contrast alcohol with being filled with the Spirit? One of the prominent cults in Ephesus at the time was the cult of the Greek gods, the worship of the Greek god Dionysius. And, and the way that they would worship Dionysius is you get drunk. You drink. That, that's part of the worship. You drink a lot, 
And when you drink a lot, what we know, that people, when they get drunk, they lose their natural caution, and then they follow whatever sinful inclination they feel like, and that's what they consider is following, being filled with the God. In this case, you are filled with the spirit of Dionysius when you're drunk. Because you do whatever you're inclined to do. We know when people get drunk, their behavior stands out because they do things that they should not. Read Proverbs 23, the last half of that chapter. He talks about how stupid drunk people act. Instead of being filled with the drunken spirit of Dionysius, Paul says that we should be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's not that we can choose... To, be, to not be filled with anything. You will be filled with something. Something is going to occupy your life. Maybe it's not Dionysius. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's just fill in the blank. Whatever you give yourself to, whatever occupies you, whatever you, you bow down to, metaphorically, that's, what, that's a spirit you're going to follow. So Paul says, don't give yourself to that. And he knew, people often drink to forget the evils of the day. It's still why many people drink a lot, because we want to forget. But there's a better way, Paul says. Be filled with the Spirit. Instead of escaping the evil that surrounds us, we can face the evil in the power of the Spirit of God. That's the only way we can face the evil of the day. If you don't have the Holy Spirit within you, I could see how it would be very depressing and we could find any number of ways to escape. So enjoy God's gifts. This, it's not, he is not saying, you know, don't touch alcohol. But He's saying, don't let this be your influence. Instead, be controlled, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what then does that look like? Well, what are the effects of being filled with the Spirit? Three things, he tells us. Singing, giving thanks, and submission. Verse 19. Still, same sentence. Don't take your grammar lessons and your writing lessons from the Apostle Paul. <laughs> he loves these long sentences. But there's a point. There's a point to this. Being filled with the Spirit looks a particular way. Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Why do we sing hymns? That was the topic this morning. You know the, 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 the number one reason why we sing hymns? Because God words, God's Word calls us to sing hymns. That's it. There's others. But it's commanded. Now, this verse is often applied only to corporate worship. And it is true, we are called to sing hymns in corporate worship. But if we take a step back, Paul's not just giving commands about how we act on the Lord's Day. Ephesians is not just, you know, Sunday commands. 
and then you can live how you want through the rest of the week. No, this is referring to a general relationship with music and singing as a whole. Those who are filled with the Spirit will sing and make music to God and to one another in public worship, but also in private, in your homes. You may say, that does not come very naturally to me. You know, for many of you, walking did not come naturally when you were born. Right? How many of you were born and then the next day said, I'm, I'm out, I'll see y'all, and walk out the door? Nobody. You had to learn to walk. What great thing that you were able to do did you not have to learn? Your language. If no one had ever spoken around you, guess what? You would not be speaking our language. And we can multiply examples here. We're called to learn. That's, again, being filled with the Spirit will result in us being people of music. Drunk people are known to sing when they would never sing otherwise. I would not suggest taking those songs to heart, at least some of them. But when God's people gather, music should be an extension of their communion with the Holy Spirit. Christians should sing together. It should be a part of our culture that we sing and make music. We make melody in our heart to the Lord. Because Paul says that this, is, this blesses others. Secondly, being filled with the Spirit results in giving thanks. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mouths should pour out thanksgiving to God. When you see what God has done for you, how He has worked in you and your family, thanksgiving should overflow. And again, this is not natural. We don't do this always because we feel like it. It's something we must cultivate. We're naturally ungrateful, which is part of the curse that comes because they're problems. From the very beginning, after man sinned, our work, the things that we give our hands to, works against us. So we have to train ourselves. We're doing this because God commands it. And when other people see us giving thanks, especially when it's not easy, especially when there are opportunities to complain, and people see us giving thanks, it stands out. You probably could call to mind people who have given thanks in the middle of trials. Why? Because that's not normal. Yes, please, by all means, give thanks when good things happen. That's a great start. That's also something everybody can do. And it's not hard. When, when you get money at Christmas, you know, it's, it's good to give thanks there. What about when you give something away and no one even responds with gratitude to you? 
Or what about when something happens that costs you something? Can you give thanks? This is a display of our being filled with the Spirit. But lastly, it's submitting to authorities. Verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. We're born with the desire to go our own way. We don't like obedience. So we very early learn how to fake it. All of us know this. When we're little kids, when your parent says to do something, and you know that if you don't do it, there's consequences, so what do we do? We often learn in our sinful hearts to do what they say to do while being angry about it inside. And that is something that continues as adults. We learn how to do what we're supposed to do, but inside we stay rebellious. When we fear God, we are to revere Him. And that reverence shows itself in submitting to the authorities He has placed over us with good attitudes. And sometimes they ask us to do things that are not sinful, but they're unpleasant. So what does it mean? It means submitting. That, that's Paul talks about this. Because this verse, verse 21, is just before he gets to what's called the household codes. It is the, 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 the discussion about husbands and wives, what the relationship in the household should look like, as well as children, their relationship to parents and slaves, to the masters. All of this was going on in the household. But Paul is saying that spiritual submission, excuse me, that, that being filled with the Spirit means that we would submit, we learn to submit to our leaders. Whether it's in the workplace, whether it's civil authorities, whether it's in the church. And even though we often want to rebel, instead of looking for how can we rebel while staying officially within the bounds of submission, rather we're called to look for how we can show submission without disobeying God. That's what being filled with the Spirit results in. So how do we redeem the time and keep from succumbing to the evil around us? It's not by cursing the evil. It's not by becoming the world's greatest internet warrior. It's by being filled with God's Spirit. It's looking for opportunities to apply God's wisdom in the situations that you face. It's singing and making music. It's giving thanks and submitting to our authorities. That's how God's children wage war. That's how we live in the world and redeem the time in the midst of evil. Let's pray. Our Father in God, You've taught us in Your Word. May we receive your guidance. May we be filled with your Spirit and live in your ways that we can be ministers and instruments of your goodness and your glory in the world. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com. Oh,